0: Well, I know you're a dinky little fella, but you're not really my type. Dinky? Well, not everyone wants a man mountain like you. Well, just get on with it. Right. Now. <sighs> Brace yourself. It's quite a punch. Does this? Right. We'll put it on the gentle setting then. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me have a look. What we got? We got uh, kitten, bunny, snowflake. Really? Obviously not. Prepare to meet my mighty eight-function spray nozzle. The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street.
1: The talk of the street. Talk of the street. The talk of the street. Talk of the street.
0: welcome to episode 207 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Condition Street Catcher podcast that wonders if there's kitten, bunny and snowflake. What are the other five settings on Phil's mighty spray nozzle? I'm Gavin.
1: And I'm busy filling out forms for uh, a return visa to Scotland.
0: Oh really? Yeah. That guy that uh, Abby meets in the, yeah. in the the alleyway of doom, you can turn that shit around in 24 hours.
1: I know, I know.
0: It takes two weeks for a passport, but... A Costa Rican visa? 24 hours.
1: I suspect Scotland will take even less time. <laughs> Just done with this country.
0: Oh, you're done with... Alright, I'll see where you're going. <laughs> Foolish me, I was thinking you were talking about Coronation Street.
1: Well, I was also... It, it tied in nicely with Coronation Street. It, was it either, really, really did? I was. It was either going to be that or I was going to say, strangely, I was the guy that that guy was meeting in the Rovers. That Sean got the guy oh, out. you
0: posted that horrible photograph of me. <laughs>
1: That's a beautiful photograph of you. I'm all
0: spotty. I think I've taken an allergic reaction to something. I remember when that was taken.
1: We were in Maine. We were. I we was were drinking, eating seafood. I was
0: drinking a Bloody Mary with a bit of bacon sticking out of it. Yes, you were. It was very nice.
1: Yes. There are still some things this country does well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Typically involving bacon.
1: And alcohol. Yeah. Because we've got to get through it somehow. <laughs> Only not us, because we're sober. Then we're through.
0: Well, for now. I don't <laughs> Sobriety is temporary, isn't it?
1: And I try to stay away from bacon now, because cancer and diabetes.
0: In other news. In other news. We've booked our holly bobs.
1: We have. Very exciting. We're actually going to take an aeroplane this time. Yeah, we've... We're not driving out.
0: We've driven all the places we can go within a day. So we really have to get a little plane to get us, get us where we need to go. Now we're going out to the Rockies and the Southwest, which should be yes. exciting.
1: Yes. Uh, let's see. Where are we going? We're uh, going to Colorado, Arizona. Florida
0: and Denver. I imagine us going in a clockwise direction. I don't know why. But I imagine us going uh, Denver, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, back to Colorado. And then we come back home.
1: And see, it's funny because I I, I had a picture that we go counterclockwise and go Utah and then Arizona and New Mexico and then back to Colorado.
0: Well, the good thing is that roads go both ways they normally. Do. So they we
1: can, do. Because I'm most excited to go to Utah and go to the Arches and some of the I other. I
0: leave that for last. <laughs> but fair enough, if you want to go counterclockwise, we can do that.
1: We'll see. We'll see. And once... Once we get back from this Hollybobs, there's only two states in the continental United States that we have to hit for both of us to have been everywhere in the continental every state in the continental United States.
0: Yeah, I think Which I'm just really missing especially, Oregon.
1: Especially yes. You're missing Oregon and I'm missing Nevada.
0: Oh, so you've you've been to Oregon? Yes. And I've been to Nevada. Yes. So between the two of us we have all fifty. No, what? well forty eight.
1: Yeah yeah, we have all of between the two of us we have all of the continental United States, but I don't count it until both of us have been everywhere. Right,
0: that's that's the official yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. So
1: we'll we'll knock those two off next year if the world still exists. Right. And then eventually we'll get to Hawaii and and Alaska. Right now Hawaii doesn't want tourists to go to Hawaii because it's it's such a fragile place. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And especially during a pandemic, which is still going on, by the way, as, yeah. as we are living proof of.
0: Well, you may remember that I had COVID a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Yeah.
1: Fresh in my memory.
0: Mm-hmm. We're maskless now. Later yes. on that same day that we recorded the last time I tested negative, finally. Yes. So I got the yeah. All that was clear. just last week. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. And you're still you're still dragging a little still
0: bit. Still got a road to to furrow, like yeah, it's still tiring, and the brain fog is very real. Yeah, which is the most concerning thing about it is being For you. halfway through a sentence and then re- I have no idea what I'm talking about or why.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I was already like that. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little glimpse into uh, into dementia, I think, which mm. is terrifying.
1: No. Well. Fortunately, you have miles to go before you hit full on dementia.
0: Yeah. I'll be dead if, long before that happens.
1: Would you stop saying that go to the
0: doctor for Christ's sake? How are you otherwise?
1: <laughs> I I am at this I'm at the point in uh my my view of uh finishing Penelope Cruz's filmography that I am watching movies that the only way I can watch them is to purchase the DVD. Uh oh. So that's so we have lots of P- Penelope Cruz's early work on DVD now.
0: That's why they're there. <laughs> okay, now I'm caught up.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm also now at the point in, in Simon Pegg's as well, where it's either finding these odd, random short films. Like last night, I watched the Funnier or Die uh, Olympic ticket scalper, where it's, it's pa- Sir Patrick Stewart... Who's the ticket scalper? And and he he bludgeons Ryan Lochte over the head and gives and sells Ryan Lochte's ticket to Simon Pegg. So Simon Pegg has to get up and
0: it feels like dive this description and, is longer than the actual film that you're sorry, describing.
1: It was actually quite funny because you get to see Simon Pegg in a speedo, which is hilarious.
0: Wonderful news. Yes. Shall we preamble, Medea? Yes, please. Give us some of that budgie smuggling curry news. <laughs>
1: Our Jenny and my personal hero, Sally Ann Matthews, just participated in the 10K Great Manchester Run on Sunday and was straight back to work on Monday. Wow. Even though her dogs were tired.
0: Her our feet. Yes. Right. She wasn't taking our canines round to No. Right.
1: In America, when we say our dogs are tired, that we mean our feet.
0: Never heard you say that before in yeah. ten years. But never mind.
1: She ran. To raise awareness for the charity, The Dogs Trust, which is why I was making the uh, ah, dogs retired thing. Right. See, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it all comes together in the end. It does.
0: It does. I don't think it was strange you see dogs. <laughs> now I know why.
1: <laughs> the show hasn't confirmed it, but his co-stars, Georgia Taylor and Michael Lavelle, have publicly declared Charlie DeMello officially off as Imran. <gasps> and we couldn't be sadder. And it sounds like they couldn't be sadder either. George, especially, is just, you know, gushing about how wonderful he is to work with, which I can imagine that's true, you know. And also that he's easy on the eyes, which also doesn't doesn't hurt.
0: The problem here is we have been stung a little before when it looked like Roy had left for Mm -hmm. Darkest Peru, remember? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, with Paddington.
0: And we were like he can't possibly have left, but he got his black cab moment. So mm-hmm. is that it? Is mm-hmm. that? And then he came back. So the fact that that happened right. means that we're a little distrusting. And plus, as you've maintained more in hope than the expectation, I think that yeah, he's gone. He's never he's never come out and said that he's gone or he's leaving. You kind of had a, a lingering hope that he right. was going to be.
1: And and the show has no, and the show has yet to officially say that he's leaving. Right. Which is weird. But I think it's because of next week and them not wanting to spoil things about what's going to happen next week. Right. You know, this is this is, you know, Andrew Garfield insisting over and over and over again that he was going he was not going to be in the Spider Man No Way Home movie and then was in the Spider Man No Way Home movie.
0: Yeah, it's exactly the same.
1: It's exactly the same. They are the same person, Charlie DeMello and, and, the and same thing Andrew happened. Garfield. <laughs> Moving on. And finally, get well wishes to Alex Bain, R. Simon, who was rushed to a this week due what? to a twisted ankle.
0: Oh. Or, oh, well, or a
1: broken ankle. I don't know. It's, it, it wasn't specific, but he was in a wheelchair.
0: I don't think you'd go to hospital for a twisted ankle, would you?
1: Well, like a sprained ankle. Anyway, <laughs> he was in AE. He posted pictures on Instagram of him in a and then he deleted them for some reason. But then he was posting pictures of himself because right afterwards, he had to go to the airport to get on an airplane to Frankfurt, where he was going on vacation with his girlfriend, Molly Lockwood. So he was posting pictures of himself in the wheelchair with a boot on his foot. But he's like, don't worry, it's just my ankle. But he wasn't specific enough as to exactly what happened to his ankle and how it happened. So anyway that's got to be painful and awkward for him so hopefully he gets well soon i don't
0: know if it's any more painful and or awkward a than, than that item of current news but <laughs> or imagine him in an airport drunken people going on holiday uh-huh. he's going to get people shouting simon at him all the time isn't he yeah
1: that's one of the that's that's one of the things that like you know when you're little you think you want to be famous Yeah, You think you want to be like a famous rock star or or movie star or something. And then as you age, you realize that you might appreciate the money and you might appreciate the work, Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't want the fame. No. Because you wouldn't be able to like go out and get your groceries and sit in a coffee shop.
0: Just standing in line waiting to check in at an airport and you're probably bothered 10 times by people. And the first couple of times you're going to be okay, fair enough, but then...
1: I think I'd want to be famous Ugh. enough where I wouldn't have to stand in line in airports.
0: Oh, that's, th- that's super famous, though. Yeah. That's, you've got your own plane famous. I don't know that Simon from Coronation Street has got no. his own plane yet.
1: No. That's like Tom Cruise famous.
0: Yeah. Or...
1: Or Andrew Garfield famous. To just wrap it back around. And that's Corey News.
0: Brian's probably got his own plane. Extra headroom. <laughs> And now Brian. we'll podcast for coffee, and
1: going will be losing Cathy soon. We should be nice to him.
0: Thanks to Jennifer from Canada for our coffees this week.
1: Thank you, Jennifer.
0: She says, "Really enjoy your Corey podcast." Well, thank you very much. Oh, I thank appreciate you. that. Also, we do our th- best. Also, thanks, Bill. Well, <laughs> not this week obviously oh thanks to connecticut trisha as well
1: connecticut mm-hmm. we've, be... we've had
0: connecticut trisha right before we? yeah
1: i'll be going to connecticut in four weeks
0: yeah she writes from a dunkin donuts inside another dunkin donuts inside <laughs> another dunkin donuts even though you guys were little, literally, literally sick and tired and not just with rubbish plot lines last week's pod was hilarious thoughtful charming as usual feel better soon Thank you very much, Connecticut Tricia. Yes,
1: thank and thanks
0: you. to John Giovanacci.
1: <gasps> John Giovanacci bought us coffee. And I am
0: honoured. I think he's bought us coffee before I'm as truly well. honoured. Hi, Gavin. Enjoy a nice coffee with Helen to cheer you up after your bout of the virus, and bravo for soldiering on with the podcast, even though you still sounded a bit rough. Mm. I did sound a bit rough. Yes. Take care. Thank you, John. <laughs> and thank you to Melbourne Helen.
1: <gasps> what? We have a Helen in Australia now. We've got a house. I
0: think she's changed her name. She was Australian Helen. She's now Melbourne Helen.
1: Oh, so we have a Helen in Canada, a Helen here, <laughs>
0: uh-huh. you,
1: and, yes, and and a Helen in Australia. It's, we, good,
0: it's good that you mentioned Canadian Helen first. Yes. And Then you. Yes. Right.
1: I think we don't. We have a European Helen as well. I think there's at least one Helen in in the UK who's written us before. So now we just need an an, an Asian and an African Helen to write in
0: so that our Helen representation will be complete all all five continents are we just saying five continents we're not including South America or Antarctica
1: oh well okay yeah South America but I wouldn't include Antarctica it's like I think it was SNL was it SNL or was it SCTV that had a a skit like in the 70s or 80s where it's like a hundred Helens agree about something
0: I don't know. Melbourne Helen says, still listening and loving the podcast here in Melbourne. So thank you to Jennifer, to Tricia, to John and to Helen for buying us our coffees this week. An
1: embarrassment of riches. To
0: Costa Rica.
1: <laughs> and actually it's it's funny because we are drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah. We are? We are. Because we bought we buy Dunkin' Donuts coffee from the Costco. And then I and then I brew it here. Oh sure. So it's not from an actual Duncan Donuts.
0: And now YouTube's. <laughs> this is our section where we talk about what's new on our YouTube channel. There's the regular stuff. There's last week's podcast. There's last night's scoring in under four minutes. There's my two favourite clips from this week's episode. I didn't do them last night. And the extra stuff was yet another in the Cory Life Stories entry. This one is for Alan Bradley. So good that there's a blue plaque for him where he ran into a tram. In Blackpool And if that tickles your fancy Head over to YouTube.com Slash the Talk Street Podcast Smash that subscribe button And inflict fatal trauma With public transport To that notification bell And now This oh, Welcome, welcome, welcome Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. Just enough time to quickly talk about three downward dogs.
1: Three downward more dogs dogs again. It's it's a theme of the week is dogs. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We should get Dobby in and get his opinion.
0: Oof, I I imagine
1: this involves yoga and some and some. Is it Sally doing yoga?
0: That's right. This was Kathy ordering yoga mats for a hot yoga session for her. Yasmin and Tim's mum.
1: Oh, that's right. This is when I was was hoping that they would form a hot thruple, the three of them.
0: That's right. <laughs> I was Gavin, and you were really sorry that you made me watch that Zack Snyder zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second week that we mentioned that.
1: It it came up in my in my Facebook uh, memories, and you know on Facebook how how you could say watching, and then blah blah blah. Yes. That bit was gone. <laughs> but my but my Facebook post was, this movie is is crazy. Do like the you know the zombie tiger is cool though. is my post, and that's how I knew that it was about that movie. But like all, it it, it seems like the universe has been wiped clean of memory of that movie.
0: <laughs> and the universe is not complaining. <coughs> this was not the worst movie that you'd watched that year, though. No, that was a Nick Cage movie.
1: Oh yes. Jiu-jitsu!
0: Or Mortal Kombat. (laughs) You weren't sure which one took the prize.
1: I didn't watch Mortal Kombat. Benny watched Mortal Kombat and I kind of like heard it from the other room and said, that movie sounds awful. But Nick Cage wasn't in Mortal Kombat.
0: I very much enjoyed the Friends Reunion show, which I watched in the morning, was visibly upset when I logged into my first meeting at work of the day. Mm. It was quite sad.
1: I still haven't watched that. Or the Harry Potter
0: one. Yeah, they're both worth a watch. We made tentative plans to visit the friend's apartment building the next time we were near New York City, which Mm. which we didn't do. (laughs) Your kidney stone pain meds were making you teary. Sam's disappearance brings Nick and Leanne back to the street where Mild, Peril, and Natasha, determined to do the sensible thing, await them. Tyrone and Alina are excited about buying coffee-related goods for the flat, while Evelyn is determined to make him and his midlife crisis as miserable as possible. Daisy's plan to blackmail Ronnie all the way to double-glammy successful backfires when she misjudges Jenny's tolerance. Steve is confronted by the 'er ne'er-do-well who caused last week's bike accident. That was that Curtis chap. Yes. And both he and Emma are surprised for different reasons, to discover that he's the old version of Todd, but from 1999. A workplace accident puts Evelyn out of commission and has and Bernie dancing to her tune to avoid legal action. That was funny. Nina is conflicted to learn that Seb's funeral is tomorrow and Abby has kept it secret from her while, Natasha, while Asha continues to work her way to the truth of ITB Corey's involvement in the murder. Johnny's eyesight in prison can't have been that bad as he immediately recognises Sharon from visiting Harvey and Gary is only happy to confirm the connection. Cerberus gets his biscuits, David checks the red wreck and everyone gets a haircut. Our moment of the week was Sally's kinky estate agent role play and our boring (laughs) moment of the week was Brian fetching a laptop and that was Coronation Street and The Talk of the Street this time last year.
1: I'm trying to think of the worst movie I've watched this year.
0: Um, That Uma was terrible.
1: See, I liked Uma. I attempted to watch Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo yesterday. Uh, Why? (laughs) Because Fred Armisen is in it but it's an uncredited role so I stopped after like 20 minutes when they had already made a racist Asian joke about Asian men having small penises like for the eighth time. Uh, uh-huh. and, and it
0: took eight goes of that before. You
1: <laughs> and Norm Macdonald plays a Scottish gigolo in, in, in the movie. And I'm like, no.
0: It's got Rob Schneider in it.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Surely watching nothing that has Rob Schneider in it trumps watching anything with somebody in it. That should be the way it goes.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, like I said, anyway, I stopped watching it. Shall we dive
0: in? My dear.
1: the worst. Yes, please.
0: Our first storyline this morning is <laughs> fun. I love for talking about penises. It's <laughs> Tim's Bobby. On Monday, it's a frosty atmosphere at number four. When Tim gets up, feeling under pressure from Sally, who thinks something needs to be done because they're sleeping in separate bedrooms. Now, is that what you want, Tim? Is it? Is that what you want? Is it? He doesn't want to talk about it, and he heads to work and later at work Faye is trying to talk to Sally about an order when Sally breaks down in tears which is totally ignored by an actor in a non-speaking role <laughs> Sally tells Phil Nope Sally tells Faye that she and Tim have been rowing but doesn't say anymore. more
1: Now Faye doesn't look anything like Phil No The AB thing I could kind of understand But Phil?
0: Yeah <laughs> They both start with a <sighs> noise Okay So Faye goes to see Tim and explains about Sally being upset at work. Tim admits that things have been difficult since the operation. Faye thinks that this is about Tim turning into a fat bastard and tells him that at least his problems are within his own gift to fix. And this gives Tim something to think about. And we hear the wee monkeys with symbols going ten at the dozen (laughs) in his head. So back at home, Tim has summoned Sally and proudly tells her that he's got another appointment with Gadass. And this time he's going to go to it because this time he wants Sally to go with him. Belter says Sally. This really was me rushing away from work to listen to.
1: Mm -hmm. She's not the only one who rushes away from work this week without telling anyone she's leaving.
0: Right. They go and see Gadas and Tim explains about his bother with his Bobby and how he got some horse tranquilizers off the internet and stuff. Gadas is disappointed that he didn't come to her straight away and reckons that it might be his heart medication that's mucking things up. She changes his dose, what she calls 20 milligrams of rocket fuel, which makes Gadas and Sally blush. Back home again, Sally's dead proud of Tim, and he can't wait to give her the benefit of his length for, at the first <laughs> opportunity. Belter, says Sally again. She advises him to call Kanye, though, just in case he remains Mr. Floppy and they have to go back to the doctors. And that's all that happens on that this week.
1: Yeah, it seems like it seems like this storyline is finally wound finally, down. Finally, Thank God. Not, not that I'm opposed to Peter's stories. I, I did watch. I did start watching the new uh Kids in the Hall last night. So there's lots of full frontal nudity from sixty year old men in that so I love Canadians, what can I say?
0: Don't we all? <laughs> yes. I don't they could have spun this out for another month or two. Well I'm
1: glad that they not ha- And I'm are, glad they
0: haven't. It I'm, feels already that it's been spun out much longer than, w- way, than, way than we long. wanted, especially when reading what was happening last year. <laughs> That was kind of the the introduction of the the kinky Sally. stuff. So this feels like it's been bubbling away for a while.
1: I'm also glad that it didn't end with them walking down the stairs of Discovery with satisfied grins (laughs) on their faces. I'm glad that's not how it ended because that would have been just like, oh, we've magically cured his Bobby Mm -hmm. after one visit to the doctor and one day on a different dose. There's
0: Sally hobbling into the kitchen to put a Put the kettle on,
1: and get a, a packet of frozen peas out of the freezer.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, it's a shame that that didn't harm.
1: It, it's it's not a shame that no. it didn't happen.
0: No, it just have a sense of filler for the, the at least the past couple of weeks, just filling in time while we mm-hmm. stumble away towards the the big action week.
1: Right, which just, doesn't involve either one of them.
0: Right, but this is something that's going to take up ten minutes of time on a Monday. Right, shall we move on then? Yes, please. To our next story link, which is Jacob's Boiler. On Monday. <laughs> and in a roll, Shona is singing, which must never be allowed to happen again.
1: I thought she sang quite nicely. It's
0: not the point. It's not the point. She sang it she sang it perfectly well.
1: It's a beautiful singing voice.
0: But we don't need to listen to that.
1: Why? I wonder how much it cost. For them to be allowed to have an ABBA song in there,
0: I'm going to guess nothing, show. because they weren't really playing the ABBA song. If they were to play the ABBA song, it probably cost them a fortune. Mm. But to have someone singing it probably didn't cost them anything.
1: Hmm. I wonder. Anyway.
0: Yeah. I, I like it, it. It never feels natural. And I'm not just saying it for Shona. It's like any time in any soap that a character just bursts into song.
1: See, fair enough, because we haven't really... This isn't something that Shona has ever done before. If it was Bernie, she does this sort of thing all the time. That would be believable.
0: Yeah, Shona hasn't done this before no. and will probably never do it again. No. So, yeah, it, just, it never feels, it always feels a bit contrived. And it reminds me that I'm watching the soap opera. Not that there aren't clues along the way. <laughs> so anyway, Amy's pissed off by this like me and she's further pissed off when jacob tells her about having a word with tracy who thinks that amy should move back home while she's studying and he's trying to fix the flat but amy refuses to give her and steve the satisfaction so steve and tracy are putting a lot of faith into jacob working his magic on amy but he arrives to explain <laughs> but not like that that their daughter is dead certain stain put this seems to give steve an idea and he quickly hustles away without any explanation Later Steve and Tracy take Amy to speed dial to give her a decent feed Jacob comes in to announce that someone has grassed him up at the council About it being his sister's flat and they're being evicted It takes everyone no time to come to the conclusion that Steve was a whistleblower But he insists that he was phoning Keith the plumber to fix their boiler for them Keith Right, thanks Keith No one believes him I hope you choke, says Steve And he runs away Back home Amy is moving back but only for one night And only if Jacob can stay too Jacob announces that one of their neighbours was the one that grasped him up because his sister never returned a can opener or something.
1: Yeah, that's weird.
0: So everyone apologises to Steve. He waves his phone about, and then Keith, the plumber, phones and wishes everyone well.
1: Right, yes, and asks about the boiler that Steve wanted him to fix for his daughter.
0: Yeah, don't need that no fix anymore. No oh worries. well, then. It's all better. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, then on Wednesday. It's early morning and Ed points out to Steve that his roof is missing a few tiles that he'd fixed ASAP. Mm-hmm. Sensing that this is a builder scam, Steve tells Ed to go fuck himself. There's nothing wrong with that roof. Right. So later, Steve is meditating on Nina's roles when Tracy bursts in announcing that a falling tile from the roof hit her florist van and very nearly killed her. Steve offers her a hug, but she wants more than a hug. She wants that roof fixed and announces that she's going to get Ken to give Ed a call.
1: No, Sh- no, 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 says Steve.
0: Shocked that he'll have to admit that he was wrong, I I assume. Steve tells her to hold off and, and he'll take care of it.
1: And also because Ed will tell Ken that he'd already spoken to Steve about it, and Steve insisted there was nothing wrong, which is going to make Tracy want to kill Steve because it almost killed her. Oh,
0: Tracy always wants to kill Steve.
1: Well, who doesn't?
0: So Steve nips along to the builder's yard and asks Ed to take a look at the roof after all. Ed's nose is still out of joint and he tells Steve to go fuck himself. Along comes Jacob, who has a mate that could t- take a look at the flat for him. Steve gleefully accepts and flicks the vickies to Ed. The Get roof. It right up you.
1: The roof of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You said flat.
0: No, whatever. Yeah. Jacob's mate. Takes care of the job, takes fifty bucks in cash, that Steve is only too pleased to agree to. And later Jacob reveals a little about this friend's background. They met in Young Offenders. Mm-hmm. Steve's quite pleased that this is where he learned a trade. Well, I didn't really learn the trade there, it was more a burglar. <laughs> Ed calls Steve a moron and goes inside because now Steve is worried that he's been ripped off, or more worried that someone will be breaking into his house in due course or something. Who knows? Why did Ed call Steve a moron?
1: Well, because he had some kid fix his roof, which means that it's not really fixed. Right. Because it, you'll recall when Ed and Paul, let's remember that Paul was there as well. We got lots of Paul this week, yeah. which I was very happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, And more than one storyline. It's like they remembered that Paul works for Ed and also that Paul lives with Daniel. Paul's
0: a thing. You're in this show.
1: Yeah. Here's Paul. You've got Paul. It's Paul. He works here.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do something, Paul.
1: You know, that it was not just like a few tiles, that there was also some other stuff going on up there that needed to be done. But when he was talking to the kid, the kid's like, Oh yeah, I fixed you know, there's a couple of loose tiles, I fixed those, you're all set. So Ed knows that there's some worse stuff up there and mm-hmm. that it's just going to get worse.
0: Nobody believes Rufus. You don't? Nobody does.
1: You don't believe any professional person. Have. You think they're all scamming you.
0: Well, they mostly are.
1: <laughs> whether it's whether it's doctors or um, roofers or lawnmowers. Actually, no, you don't think the lawnmower guy. And and the tree guy. You like the tree guy, whose name is also Paul.
0: <laughs> and where's Steve, uh, Jacob and Amy going to be staying?
1: Well, they're staying with Tracy and Steve now. For one night. I bet it's going to be more than one night.
0: Because that one night took us into Wednesday. And right. then it's never mentioned on Friday what's happening with yeah. where they're staying, so yeah. who knows?
1: I think they're going to be staying there. I think we're going to get some more hilarious shots of Jacob in a towel.
0: <laughs> yeah, the world needs more of that, definitely. Yes, they
1: do. Something more worse is going to happen with that roof. It's going to, like, collapse or something.
0: Another roof drama? Is this going to be more Gary's roof fault drama. somehow?
1: <clears throat> no, it's going to be Rick the Chin's fault somehow, from the grave. Like, the ghost of Rick the Chin will be up there knocking tiles onto people's heads.
0: There you go, Steve. Get Gary to have a look at it.
1: Yeah, why not? Why not? He used to do that sort of thing.
0: He was in the builders' yard.
1: Yeah, or just you know get your neighbor Ed to take care of it because he's a professional.
0: Doesn't trust them though,
1: which is stupid because they're neighbors.
0: I always thought they were friends. Yeah. No, it seems that Steve, Steve doesn't trust them.
1: Well, Steve has said the sort of thing to other people who are his friends before as well.
0: Yeah, it's almost, like as if, it's almost as if this is all just plot-driven, isn't it?
1: Yeah, strange that way. Oh, well, we have gone
0: on into summer school. We're just flying through it today. On Monday, Todd comes round to drop off some insulin for summer. She gets defensive when he goes to the fridge, and Todd sees that she has plenty left when Billy explained that she was nearly out. She leaves, and a suspicious Todd gets right on the phone to Billy to grass summer up. So Billy comes home and quizzes her about not taking her insulin and not taking care of herself. She denies it and says if she wanted a Spanish Inquisition, she'd go on a quiz show in Madrid. <laughs> and she storms out. I don't think she says exactly that, but that's just about right. Because
1: nobody suspects the Spanish Inquisition, you Nobody see. does.
0: On Wednesday, someone is stressed out of her tits about her upcoming exam. English exam, I think it is this thing. Yes, shouting at Paul about Billy being a pain in the ratchet about her diabetes
1: because they remembered that Paul is involved.
0: Paul uh, works here.
1: <laughs> Paul is Poor one Paul. of Paul is one of Summer's three dads. They remembered that as well. You Paul can, is
0: everywhere this week. You can be scene if you want. Yay! Come on, <laughs> lots of Paul. No one cares about Summer's eating disorder anymore. They're all just focusing on our on our diabetes.
1: Well, it seems like they are a little bit because. Todd was kind of concerned when she said something about getting fat. Remember. And Todd says, you know, what's, it's more, he didn't handle it well. He said something like, isn't it more important to, you know, manage your diabetes than to worry about your weight Mm. sort of thing. But it is kind of mentioned a little bit briefly. They seem kind of concerned, but it does seem like they're more concerned. It's, it's funny the differences between type 1 and type 2 diabetes because my medication seems to be making me thinner as opposed to fatter, yeah. which is nice. Even you mentioned the other day that my face didn't look quite so puffy.
0: Yeah. I think you're also eating a bit better. Well, yes. Yeah. Just that Billy made a point of saying, right, we're going to have to keep on top of this. We're going to have to keep on top, I'm going to take responsibility here and I'm going mm-hmm. to be keeping on top of your medication and you're eating. Right. And to make sure that you're okay. And he hasn't, he hasn't done any of that. No.
1: Yeah, it's only Paul that makes sure that she eats that day.
0: And it was only Todd that was concerned about her insulin the other day. So if, if Billy's saying that he's going, to, that this requires him now to be more on top of what's going on with her, he flatly isn't doing it.
1: Well, see, he's a bishop now, so he knows how to delegate. He's an archdeacon. Oh, yes. He's an archdeacon now, so he knows how to delegate. Yes, so his, him staying on top of it is saying, Right, you, Todd, you're responsible for the insulin. Is that him
0: really keeping on top of it then? And
1: you, Paul, you take care of the making sure she eats. And and then you contact me if if there are any issues, yeah. which you, is what you, Todd two, does. you
0: two people who have been untrustworthy in the past... You are oh. now responsible for this.
1: Would you really call Paul untrustworthy or just very, I, I very think, angry? I think
0: that Paul is seen by Billy as being untrustworthy. Hmm. Because on that time that he kept on getting arrested and was, I think, to blame or was and at least blamed for someone getting run down by Kathy that time.
1: Right. But that was Todd's fault.
0: Yeah. But does Billy know that?
1: I think so. Because remember the video?
0: There was footage of Kathy running down Summer?
1: No, there was footage of Todd trying to frame Paul for everything.
0: I don't think it was that specifically. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Paul promises to check in on her later. Then Amy comes along with news about an end-of-term party that's going to be happening at, I don't know, Bianca's house? And she shows off a skimpy dress that she's going to con Stephen to buy her. (laughs) Summer smiles and worries about being fat again. Later, Amy and Summer have sat their examiner doing what you must never do, After an exam. Talk about the exam. You talk about it with your mates. Never talk about it with your mates. Mm -hmm. Because you assume that they're right. That Well, that was how it always went for me anyway. So you never do it. Hmm. Amy complains that a birdsong question was tough. But on examination, it seems like Amy has given a much fuller answer than Summer did. And now Summer is petrified that she's (laughs) fucked up the entire exam, which in turn will fuck up her chances of being accepted at whatever university she's applied for. I forget.
1: But it's just that they answered the one question in two different ways, focusing on two different points of the plot, mm-hmm. where Amy focused upon the relationships while Summer focused on the historical ramifications and metaphors. Mm-hmm. Both valid. Both valid. You know, Summer is worrying over nothing, which is just getting ridiculous.
0: Summer's thick as fuck. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think we have any proof that Summer is intelligent other than what Summer says. We have no proof of it.
1: Yeah, these other kids are not constantly studying and revising.
0: And they're doing, and they're
1: doing great. <laughs> right. And summer is just so focused and terrified all the time. And it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, that's, that's the point of literature. That's the point of the arts in general. You know, you read a book. If you and I read a book you would interpret the book differently than I would Mm -hmm. because your life experience is different from mine. It's like when we go to movies, there are oftentimes we go to a movie. We were just talking about Uma where you didn't like it and I loved it. And Mm. a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're coming at it from two different points of view. Right. So summer's being so ridiculous here and it's just annoying. So irritating.
0: Yeah, I'm just so
1: fed up with her.
0: It's, it's impossible to be sympathetic, I think. It
1: really is. It really is. Even about the whole diabetes stuff, because so much of it
0: she's doing to herself. Oh, all of it, really? Yeah. If she was keeping on top of it, then this wouldn't be happening. Right. So she goes to worry about it some more in the community garden, admitting to Addie that her banal answer will be lucky to get a bee, and bees are no use in Oxford because otherwise it would be Boxford. Addie says it's only one question Summer thinks that that's relevant Summer really is thick as fuck Back in the flat She celebrates fucking up her exam By scushing her insulin down the sink Paul comes in to see how she's doing And they arrange to have a takeaway To celebrate her doing her English exam Billy can't make it Because there's been some Urgent development in religion <laughs> After dinner Paul is off to a club Summer reveals that she's tested her bloods And she's an 8 Which is perfect But she's really an 11 And she's lying about it And then later there's a weird wee montage as she's trying to study, but her bloods are now at 22 and she seems to be struggling, but she puts off taking her insulin until by the time she takes it, she's so fucked up that she's crying. And meanwhile, no one has tiled that bit in the kitchen. (laughs) (coughs) It's going to happen though.
1: She needs, you know what she needs? She needs to get like a Dexcom She needs to get one of those things that you just stick on your body that tests your blood sugar and that you can share with other members of your family so that Mm -hmm. if her blood sugar gets too high or too low billy will be alerted immediately
0: i see that getting advertised on uh, uk tv quite a bit now as well
1: yeah so they do have it in the uk
0: Mm -hmm. this technology exists
1: this technology exists and it's specifically for you know I, i think it was specifically developed for teenagers and kids who have a hard time Sticking their fingers all the time and stuff. Mm. Come on. Come on, Coronation Street. Get with the times.
0: On Friday, it's another day, another exam, another scene that someone's scooshing their insulin down the sink. Paul comes in for a forgotten phone charger. If people aren't leaving their phones about the place, they're leaving their phone chargers about the place. Why would you
1: bring your phone charger over? Why? Why Why? would you do that? Why would you? Why? I brought my phone charger so I could charge my phone while we eat our takeaway. Mm -hmm. Sure.
0: Now, my man bag always had a phone charger in it.
1: The mighty man bag. But... Are you still using that backpack now? Or do you... Oh, no, you have your... Are you using that?
0: I haven't moved things into my new man bag yet. Because actually, I'm growing to like that backpack. (laughs) I never thought I would. Because it's a backpack. Right. But it's got so many lovely compartments. It does. Backpacks are great. But I love my man bag.
1: Hmm it's a quadri you'll be like me who has like a million purses for different different occasions
0: and i still haven't got around to throwing out the old one which is decaying in the corner of the room
1: you'll never get rid of that
0: I, i'm finding it really difficult to get rid of it you
1: don't you don't have to just stick it on a shelf and it'll always be here
0: it really has an enormous amount of meaning uh,
1: right <laughs> and it's,
0: sentimental value right for it's
1: like one of the last things that still exists from your time before america
0: right it's that and my uh, Boston Red Sox t-shirt from 1999. I <laughs> can still fit, <clears> it?
1: don't you? Don't you still If I choose
0: not to breathe. Anyway, Paul has missed all of the excitement of the scoosh and the insulin and wishes summer luck in her maths exam this time. I think yes. she's already had French. Oh, bonjour.
1: Yes, yes, because he asks in a funny French accent mm-hmm. because French people are hilarious. Come
0: on, Paul. You can be in this scene. You need to speak French, though. Ooh, la, la. <laughs> At school, the exam starts, but when Summer turns the page over, she discovers that she's blind. Her eyesight is fucked, thanks to her blood sugar. Mm-hmm. She explains to the invigilator about her eyesight and her diabetes, and he leads her to her bag. But thanks to her eyesight, she can't find her kit. Not helped, that rather than raking through her bag, she has her arm stuck down a dog's throat. <laughs> what find... is it
1: with dogs tonight? Or today? This morning?
0: Christmas tree. <laughs> so Summer winds up in hospital again. And once again, she tells Billy and Paul that she simply forgot to take her insulin. Taking the huff when Billy scratches his chin, says chinny, chinny to her and remarks (laughs) that her pants are on fire. She feigns shock as if she would do something as stupid as that, deliberately scooshing her insulin down the sink twice. And more importantly, that's yet another exam fucked. She's never going to get into Oxford at this rate. Billy promises to have a word with the school. Later, Addy is visiting because he's the best friend that she has, and she doesn't fucking realise it.
1: Addy is everyone's best friend,
0: <sighs> and because Addy is
1: also Kelly's best friend, let's forget, let's not forget.
0: And as Addy is there, saying to someone, "Never mind, Hen. You can always work in the shop with me." Right. She's posting on Friends Connect that she's back in hospital, taking a photograph of her bracelet that right. probably has personal information on it that she probably doesn't want to sure. share. Share it on there, right? Like media. her date of birth and stuff, right? The school responds to Billy's unsolicited request and have confirmed that they will get in touch with the exam board to give her special dispensation or whatever. Belter says Summer, and she immediately starts studying again whilst in the hospital.
1: Right, yeah. And a nurse brings her her notebook and stuff without saying, you know, maybe we should focus on getting you better first. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I might be wrong here because I don't know when English exam schedules seem to happen, but I thought these were their mock exams.
1: No, because remember, she already took her mock exams. Did she? Like, ages ago.
0: Oh, I thought that's what she was studying for, was she was studying for her mock exams.
1: No, these are the real things.
0: These are the finals? Yeah. So I think time-wise, that probably makes sense. Yeah. But she said something about she's relying on her finals or something. I don't
1: know. Or she was relying on her finals. And these were
0: those. As she's studying later, Aaron comes in. He saw her post on social media, Friends Connect, and was worried because he knows what Summer is up to. When he was scared off by a eating disorder He reveals it was only because He used to have one too
1: Alright, so you were right and I, I was, was right. wrong Yep Let this never happen again
0: Let us bask in that <laughs> I should have some basking Because I was right music that I can play at this point
1: Something like me. I've fallen
0: <laughs> no. And I no, that doesn't can't work. get up no, that doesn't work. We're sending help immediately Mrs
1: Fletcher Maybe like something with Timbott saying neener, neener, neener Sad trombone We could get Steli to come in and play something. (laughs) (laughs) There you go.
0: I do have a (laughs) son. Anyway.
1: There we go. (laughs) Applause for you being right. Anyway. For once.
0: He explains about his own personal fight against insulin weight gain. He knows that she's deliberately not taken her insulin and he offers to wipe the slate clean. And I don't know, they can go out together or something. If she promises not to pull this shit again, yes, she promises not to pull this shit again.
1: Do you think this is a thing that's going to work? Her having a white on for this kid,
0: maybe. I hope. I hope it's something that stops this because this is a, this is a bit of a, bit of a cycle that I'm finding difficult to, difficult to bear.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough that Summer's whole personality has become whining.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: About school and about her diabetes.
0: And about and, Oxford. And, that's and about revision. Well, yeah, that's cool. And school. that's it. And just that's, all she, keep, that's, that's all she talks about.
1: That's it. That's all she does.
0: There was a moment a couple of weeks ago where. Remember she said, when she. Oh, was I'm somebody who can't find, who needs a thesaurus to even do such and such. And Addy says to her, Why are you measuring your worth by your ability to be good at school subjects?
1: Right. Yeah remember when she was kind of like the moral voice of her generation of the kids where she, where summer would be the one to say you know maybe we shouldn't do this mm-hmm. or i don't think that's right or come on kelly let's get out of here before you do something
0: stupid she was sensible yeah absolutely yeah,
1: yeah. what happened to that
0: and the 1.0 and the 2.0 phases yeah
1: yeah what happened to that it is so nice to see paul in so many storylines oh, though was paul in it
0: this week I don't know. I I don't think she's going to Oxford. (laughs) I don't think... I think that... I think that ship has sailed.
1: Now, see, I kind of hope she does go to Oxford, because then she'll stop talking about Oxford. Because if she doesn't go to Oxford... Well, she'd be, like, back for vacations and stuff. I
0: don't think that's going to happen.
1: It might. But if she doesn't get to Oxford, then for the next ten years, whenever... Summer, sad about something, she'll complain about the fact that she never got into Oxford. And that would be irritating.
0: There is a road that has already been uh, ploughed for this storyline, which is if Summer continues to screw up her exams and doesn't get into Oxford, she's going to turn into Daniel. Because this is Daniel's problem. Daniel never got into his course that he wanted. Right. Ends up being a teacher ends up being shit at that and ends up having to to quit it. So what's he going to do now? Fuck all. Right.
1: Live off his dad.
0: So let's start talking about all that stuff now. Okay. With the kicking out Nikki storyline. On Monday, Ken learns early doors that Daniel didn't get the teaching job and because of that, Tracy decides that they're family, so she forgives them. So that's that then.
1: (laughs) You're welcome, Amy.
0: Yep. This is so important that we're treating it Within the first minute of this storyline on a a Monday Mm. That this is now all Yeah, it's all done Swept under the carpet Daniel tells them that he'll be working at the school to the end of his contract Because he's a good guy like that Mm. In the rovers, Daisy comes over as Daniel reads the situation's vacant in the paper He explains that he deliberately fucked up his interview Which Daisy interprets as him feeling sorry for himself He asks her to join him for a drink and she agrees
1: Again, I don't understand why people are looking for jobs in the paper, because Phil did this the other day, too.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's what's wrong with these people? They still, they still post job ads in the paper.
1: Right, but...
0: No, this is, this is what you do when you need a job, but you don't really want to find a job, As you look at jobs in the paper. Mm. I think this is him pretending to be bothered about looking for a job. Mm-hmm. She says, teaching's loss can be pizza deliveries gain." I know, that was hilarious. (laughs) So they go through the back and they chat about the relationship. Daniel insists that he doesn't give a fuck about Nikki. Yay, Nikki. All he cares about is Daisy. He misses her so much, although I can't see why. But (gasps) Daisy can't go down that path again, and she goes back to work. At home...
1: And she seems to have gotten highlights this week.
0: Yeah. yeah. At home, Nikki is doing Daniel's ironing.
1: (laughs) Why?! why would you do the ironing of a man who says he doesn't want a romantic relationship with you
0: and from looking at daniel she can tell that he's been speaking to daisy she can see the imprint on his soul (laughs) he deflects but nikki knows the heart wants what the heart wants so nikki goes to see daisy in the rovers again calling herself the daniel ambassador she makes a case for him saying that he's off his food nikki says that daisy is torturing him and he's home alone if she wants them how dare daisy torture that daniel like this
1: oh how dare she how dare she stick up for herself and put boundaries up when daniel has treated her so horribly in the past and say you know what i don't want that anymore
0: yeah <laughs> daisy's been gaslit by daniel for about a month right. if not more
1: as well as as well as daniel gaslighting nikki and now nikki is trying to gaslight Daisy.
0: So Daisy goes back to see Daniel and is instantly disappointed to see Nicky's bras are hanging up all over the place. She admits to missing him too. He wants to get back together now while Nicky is in the bath and that's Daisy's problem right there. She doesn't expect Daniel to ask Daisy and Maisie to leave. She doesn't expect Daniel to ask Nicky and Maisie to leave, but they can't be together until he does. Daisy leaves and we see Nicky has overheard at least some of this. So Wednesday, Daniel gets home to find Nikki packing She and Maisie are leaving to go house-sitting for a mate in Spain who definitely doesn't exist for a few months She's clearly lying, but Daniel either doesn't notice or chooses not to notice This is for the best, says Nikki through tears But Daniel can't get to the pub quick enough to tell Paul and Daisy because Paul's there again
1: Yes, because Paul is friends with these people and Paul lives with Daniel Michael's there too
0: Daniel attempts humour and then leaves. Ding dong, the witch is dead, says Daisy. And she tells Paul to stay the fuck away from the place where he lives later because she plans to be appalling with Daniel. <laughs> later in the flat, Daisy actually says when she sees something she wants, she has to have it. And that is a beautiful precursor to the pair of them going off to be awful. And We must draw a veil over that. Yes. And that's the end of that storyline. Yes. Are you happy that Daisy and Daniel are back together? Yes. Are you? I am. Why?
1: Because I like the two of them together. Daniel is awful and horrendous. But Daisy at least knows how to... She has a sharp enough tongue to keep him in line for the most part. You know, the gaslighting stuff was appalling. But her her crack about the pizza delivery and stuff, Hmm. you know, she...
0: Doesn't it say something to her about, oh, well, we're talking about uh, your favorite subject, you. And she says, this is the reason why I I don't want to be with you. Yeah. With Lines like that. Yeah. Oh, he's so awful.
1: He's so awful. But he would be awful with anyone. I think Daisy is the best case scenario for him right now. She deserves better.
0: Yeah, she does. And I think could get better.
1: Well, yes. And she says that. She says that to Nikki and she says that to Daniel. But as long as she's happy, that's that's all that matters to me. It uh, could be worse. I am not
0: standing this relationship.
1: It's it's not the worst relationship on the street. Let's just put it that way.
0: Is there a person that Daniel could be with that I would go for?
1: No. Because how many other single women are on the street his age? Yeah. Alia. And if Alia oh, is God, with anyone no. but no. Ryan, then we riot. Because <laughs> Alia and Ryan are meant to be together forever and ever and ever. And I hope they get back together, like, officially and permanently. Forever and ever and ever.
0: Huh?
1: That is a relationship we do, stand.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh,
1: I mean. <laughs>
0: that's just such a. Daniel's such an impossible character for me to like. Well. Which is good, because you can't have everyone that you love in a show, right? You have to have some kind of villains. But I don't think the show sees him as a villain.
1: No. I do think the show sees him as a horrible person, though.
0: Do you think so? I'm not convinced.
1: Who's worse, Daniel or Kev, as far as relationships go?
0: I think they're both on on a pretty level
1: kev has cheated on more women pretty
0: same level but he's older
1: and gaslit (laughs) more women more time he hasn't had more time that's the trajectory that daniel's on though isn't he Mm -hmm. he's had this one good relationship with sinead and even that he was horrible to her and gaslit her all the time and treated her like a child
0: it's like the stage is a man you've got kev at the end of it at the far right end of it Uh being followed by daniel (laughs) who's been followed by summer that's that's yes. that's the path of his own
1: because Summer is a horrible man.
0: Summer is not going to get into Oxford. It's going to turn into Daniel, who is going to turn into Kev. <laughs> that's that's how it's going. I feel like that's an epiphany. I feel mm. like I should make a meme for that.
1: Yes, or a t-shirt. We should put that on a mug.
0: That's what you're wearing.
1: Actually, yes. Only it's the Monty, Monty Python holy evolution of of silly, silly walks. walks.
0: Yeah. Moving on then, our next storyline this morning... I forgot I was
1: wearing this t-shirt.
0: ...is topless Greco-Roman wrestling in concrete.
1: <laughs> My favourite storyline of the week.
0: <laughs> it was pretty good. It was so good. On Monday at the fancy house, Hope has thrown a sickie, so Phil says that he'll keep an eye on her while Fizz goes to work and he builds a party or whatever it is that he's doing.
1: And she's so fancy in her fancy robe.
0: She is. She's very fancy. Meanwhile, in Nina's Tyrone and Kirk catch up. Kirk is pleased to hear that Tyrone didn't accuse Phil of anything in front of Fizz. It wasn't worth rocking the boat, says Tyrone, and he congratulates Kirk because it's the one time that Kirk has been right. Later, in the storyline, back at the house, Hope's tablet is running out of juice, so Phil gives her his laptop while he goes and finds a charger. Hope seems to be playing a driving game on the laptop, but as soon as Phil's back's turned, she starts snooping on his laptop, fin- finding a folder that's uh, conveniently marked STAPE Stap. in capital letters. So when Phil with two L's comes back out, Hope's gone. After a search and hearing a noise, he soon discovers that she's in a digger in her driveway and he's got, she's got the engine running. He begs her to switch it off and come out and then he threatens to grass her up to fizz and then Hope, rather skillfully, tells him to fuck off yes. and puts the digging part of the digger through his car's windshield. Oh, how very fucking hell, says Phil with two else. Yes. Hope knows how to work
1: this thing. Well can't be that too hard to to know which lever puts the thing down.
0: Do you think it's smart? The thing lever up, thing lever down. Yes. Because there's other levers that move the, the thing backwards and forwards. And, right, yeah. And turn and stuff. She doesn't seem to have any, any problem whatsoever with that. Yes. It's hilarious.
1: P-H-I double hockey sticks says, oh, H-E double hockey sticks. Yes, he does. Yes, he does.
0: I think, though, it's in keeping of hope being... Uh, this enfant terrible that she would know how to operate a digger. Right. It's like...
1: And that this would be her go-to revenge for whatever she found in that file.
0: I don't know why she's blaming Phil for it, though. Because Phil has this information, but he didn't kill anybody.
1: This whole part of the storyline bugs me a lot.
0: (laughs) Quite conveniently, then, it's forgotten about. (laughs) By the end. Well, yeah. Later that day, well, this part of it is kind of... No, I it. mean... Oh, the whole... The, the whole, whole okay. blaming
1: Phil for things. Okay, well,
0: we'll, we'll let's run through it then. Yes. So meanwhile, Fizz is on a break in the factory. <laughs> this is
1: hilarious, I love it.
0: And she takes a call from uh Phil, and three seconds later, she's abandoned her cuppa, and is running out in the middle of the working day.
1: Without telling anyone.
0: Anyway. <laughs> so Fizz and Tyrone, because Tyrone's now away from his work, descend on Phil's house. Hope leaves the digger, refusing to go inside with Phil and demanding to go home with Tyrone instead. Ty thinks that this might not be a bad idea, so they fuck off, leaving Fizz to sort this out with Phil. But is, just... I don't know what kind of message that sends to Hope.
1: Yeah, I I was disappointed <laughs> that it wasn't, you know, Hope going in the house with all three. Because I was happy that Tyrone was there. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh great, we've, we've got this whole co-parenting thing down pat now where all three of the adults responsible for Hope are going to sit her down and are going to talk to her responsibly and get to the bottom of it all together so that there's not going to be any of this he said, she said shite mm-hmm. later. You know, it's going to be a united front. Yep. To conf- And that's not what happens.
0: No, of course not. So back home, Tyrone is trying to read Hope the Riot Act, but she has things that she wants to get off her chest instead. She asks him if he thinks that she's evil, like her dad was evil. And like Fizz went to prison, Tyrone is taken aback and asks her where she heard such things. Back at Phil's. This is Fizz's second important call of the day. Fizz takes a call from Tyrone and he explains what he just heard and so she explains what Tyrone's just told her. That Hope discovered turns a shite about John Stapes kidnapping and murder and antics on Phil's laptop. What's this all about?
1: Are you telling me that Hope has never ever googled her
0: name before well i thought that jade told her
1: right you're (laughs) telling me yeah because jade didn't jade tell her oh your mom and lots of other people accused our dad of doing these horrible things i thought that she was specific with her about he they said that he killed people but he really didn't although he really did and he he also kind of that yeah Kidnapped people and yeah, was well, also having relationships with
0: minors. Yeah, well, it was, When you say it out loud, it doesn't sound great.
1: Which we will get to the appalling thing that Fizz does later when it comes to all of this, which just made me want to punch a wall. But anyway, it's this is.
0: Remember, this is a storyline that we love. Yeah.
1: Well, there's a specific reason why we love it.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll get there.
1: But, you know. The fact that Fizz and Tyrone are shocked that she has found out that her dad was a serial killer. When we just had last week talk about how so many people that don't know Fizz seem to know all about it. Yes, common knowledge. She's been on a podcast and all this other stuff. You think this and they talk about how they're concerned about the fact that she's got this last name and that pe- and the kids are going to harass her. You think that hasn't happened already? Mm-hmm. You don't think that maybe that's why these kids are constantly bullying her and why she's you know reacted to the bullying because people think that she's evil because her dad was evil?
0: I th- I thought that Jade gave a corrupt version of the storyline to Hope. But I thought that Fiz had done at least some reeducation honour right. after the whole jade thing had right. kind of blown over so I yeah, don't know
1: the, the fact that they're so mad at Phil that that Hope knows that her dad was a serial killer and a pedophile well, and a well, rapist and a kidnapper not, it's not a
0: great look <laughs> so Phil claims it was research for a book that, that he was suddenly planning on writing out the blue in an attempt to give Fizz an opportunity to tell her side of the story I don't even have a publisher yet
1: Right. It was this, ba- this was just an idea. It was one little folder. There's barely anything in there yet. And this idea came to him after, after. she was so upset last week. So this is new.
0: Uh-huh.
1: This is new.
0: This yeah, is this days just happened. A days old days idea. Days
1: old idea. You know, which is stupid because he saw how she reacted. Why would she want a book written but she reacted so strongly about people remembering that this exists.
0: This gives her a chance to get her side of the story out.
1: Right, but it, he sh- yeah. and you know, I understand fizzs, you should have spoken to me first about this if you thought this was such a good idea for me. Mm. But also, fizz acts like this is su- this is a huge betrayal and is evidence that Phil was a bad guy the whole time and was lying to her the whole time about something he just started doing
0: last A few week. days ago, right. <gasps> and, and plus, everyone knows how much Phil loves true crime. Do they? Well, people call him true crime Phil, don't they? We know that Michael is into true
1: crime, but Phil didn't mention anything about being into true crime last week, did he?
0: A book would give her the chance to, to air her side of the story. A book, asks Fizz. A book. Says Phil with two L's. Mm -hmm. You think that trauma is a good idea? Says Fizz. And she's heard enough. And she leaves. And she tells Phil that she will never be back.
1: (laughs) She will never be back to this beautiful, (laughs) big-ass garden that she's got now with lots of green grass where she can sit and drink her morning coffee outside in the lovely sunshine and this big mahoosive house on this nice quiet street
0: that I think she's invested some money in or, right. at, least, or at least plans to Yeah. back at Coronation Street Ty is shocked and tells her about what he saw the other day when Phil was supposed to be in Leeds they agree that they need to mitigate the damage and talk to Hope right now manage the message before Ruby finds out Fizz laments that she's backed the wrong horse again and Ty tells her that they can move back into his place for now I don't think Fizz was planning on asking so Fizz hilariously explains to Hope about John. This really was funny about his penchant for kidnapping Rosie Webster. How Rosie was a strumpet anyway, and how he had an affair with her while she was at school.
1: Right. This is a, this is not funny. This is appalling. Oh, no, she's calling. She's calling a teenage girl a strumpet right. and blaming this teenage girl for her ex husband yeah, Rosie. No, but she was a kid at the time. She was a teenager.
0: She was in school. She was, but. Rosie.
1: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She's blaming Rosie for John's actions. This is not funny. This is gross. No, this is funny. No, it's not. Because it's
0: Fizzy's uh, because we as viewers know what we saw and hearing Fizzy's take on it, which isn't
1: it's appalling. Which,
0: which isn't, touching, and Tyrone is appalled. The, the, the main, well, Tyrone is appalled because yeah, because she's trying to. She's sugarcoating. Uh, right,
1: she she's sugarcoating. She's sugarcoating sexual assault, kidnapping, <laughs> and murder.
0: And then he went to Colin Fishwick's party, and shit went downhill fast after that. To Tyrone's disgust, Fizz tries to put a positive spin on John, which leads him to call John and Jade nutcases. Yes, he was responsible for a few deaths, but all John wanted to do was teach, says Fizz.
1: Right. But again, Teach teenage girls how to have sex <laughs> with him.
0: Later, we learn that the Great Fire of London killed about as many people as John State did. Then Phil comes back in looking for a chat with Fizz. The book was meant to be a surprise, and he thought she'd be well on it. The idea was golden, and he also thought about doing a, a spin-off podcast.
1: He's Fizz, just burying himself further in all of this. I don't understand. I thought Phil
0: was smart. Fizz can't believe that he's still trying to pitch this idea to her and throws him out. You're dumped. So Tyrone comes back, and upon learning that Phil would 2Ls history, he reiterates that Fizz is welcome to stay until the house sells. He'll kip on the sofa, and as far as Evelyn is concerned, he's still the villain in the house. Apparently she booze when he comes into rooms. Later, Ty is on the couch under a duvet When Fizz comes in to see what decorating blooper shite he's watching on TV He offers to make her a cocoa Not too much milk And they both steal fleetingly uneasy But seemingly romantic looks at each other On Wednesday, Fizz is still upset about the Phil with 2L stuff And she has to go and pick up Ruby Who she accidentally left at his place <laughs> Tyrone <laughs> offers to go in, his, in her stead and save her the hassle right. Now Evelyn comes in and seems suspicious that Tyrone is setting himself up to be hurt again
1: and this is when the story gets good.
0: Later at the factory. so I think it's been pretty good up until now. Later at the factory, Fizz has to swallow some humble pie as she admits that she and Phil are no longer together, but she refuses to give any more details, much to the chagrin of all the other knicker people who are looking for something to gossip about. Jacob announces that one of the perks of being a drug dealer is all the spare time he gets to watch children's TV. And that was funny as well.
1: Yes, yes it was, because he was, he was rightly pointing out that Fizz wouldn't be Bob the Builder, she'd be Windy.
0: That's right. At lunch, Sean goes fishing for more information Fizz says that she's a shell of a woman And tells him about Phil being creepy as fuck About John Stape and his publishing plans Sean says that Tyrone still has a niche for her And to be careful about that And the endings can be new beginnings And to keep her pecker up At Phil's, Tyrone goes round and is a bit gloaty Explaining that Fizzy's heart is broken And Phil is quick to point out that Tyrone isn't exactly squeaky clean In that department either Correct. The two of them scuffle a bit And then hilariously (laughs) Fall into a random square of wet concrete that just seems to be in the middle of nowhere that Phil has been pouring.
1: Yeah, it's their patio that he was supposed to be working on that day. Except it's
0: nowhere near the house.
1: No, it's right behind the house.
0: (sighs) Okay, fine. They wrestle for a bit like John Candy does in stripes, until Phil notices that he's lost an engagement ring in the wet concrete. (gasps) It was a gift from his dead grandmother, and now he's lost the only thing that he's ever loved in his life, apart from his grandmother. Which fizz. I think he means fizz and not yes, the ring. Tyrone, feeling sheepish, helps Phil rummage about in the concrete for it. As the two of them search, Tyrone admits that Phil isn't such a bad bloke. And it's Tyrone who finds the ring. Phil could kiss Tyrone. And I like that. Easy tiger, not says Tyrone. Yet. Phil decides to go speak to Fizz one last time to apologise and to draw a line under it all. But first. But before they go into that, they get naked and hose each other down.
1: Giggling like schoolgirls. All I- the time.
0: It reminded me of the uh, water pistol fight that they had at Christmas. Yeah, so where It seemed I don't know if Tyrone was taking it seriously or not, but
1: <laughs> they're so cute together. Forget Fizz. Let's just put Tyrone and Phil together because mm-hmm. they're so adorable. Mm-hmm. Especially since Tyrone is so wee
0: <laughs> and and Phil is so so <laughs> mountainy. Right? Yes.
1: Both of them. Both of them have impressive chest hair, though. Tyrone's slightly more hairy. <laughs> Phil's boxers are better, though.
0: It's a strange little, it's a strange little scene. I, th- I don't think we would normally see that scene.
1: I loved it. Of course, I loved it. I think, I think part of it is because they are such good friends off screen now. Right. In real life, I have a feeling that they that they come up with some of this stuff on their own and pitch some of this stuff on their own. The same way I think that. Um, Steve and Tim some of the stuff they get into is stuff that they kind of either improv or pitch themselves like remember the saran wrapped dinosaurs
0: I do remember that
1: Yeah, we don't get enough of that anymore of Tim and Steve being goofy BFFs together
0: it's like they, they accept that there's going to be backlash from the audience if they go from being covered in concrete to Suddenly, not covered in concrete, right. And back in Coronation Street. Well, how did they get back to Coronation Street if they were covered in concrete? This kind of addresses that, yes, and and does it in a in a fairly entertaining way, I would say.
1: Yes, it was it was great. More of that. Can't we just have a show where
0: and Tyrone's so reluctant to to bury his chest, and and so Phil has to go first and do right, it. And yes, that encourages Tyrone to do it. And right. All of a sudden, they're fucking each other and. <laughs> You know, kind (coughs) of.
1: If only that had happened.
0: I think there's some fan fiction that exists about this already. If there's
1: not, I will write it later this (laughs) afternoon.
0: Back in Coronation Street, Fizz is shocked when Phil comes and asks him for a chat. And Tyrone
1: is. And Tyrone appears wearing Phil's clothes, which is just hilarious because he looks like a little boy.
0: Tyrone (laughs) insists that she listens to what Phil has to say, and he and Evelyn head to the pub. Jill, Still
1: wearing Phil's clothes.
0: <laughs> somebody mentioned on on the Twitter and and I agreed that they were they were thankful and grateful that Tyrone wasn't wearing his MSU shirt when he fell into the concrete.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's hilarious because I was thinking the same thing. Because I was like, that whatever that shirt was that he was wearing
0: Something to do with oil, I think, was right, it? Right,
1: yeah. That's that's not coming back.
0: <laughs> no. But I thought, you know, it might have been a good a good way to get rid of the MSU shirt.
1: Well, maybe he likes the MSU shirt. It's a nice shirt. High quality.
0: (laughs) So Fizz goes through the list of uh, Phil's crimes again. He was sneaky, he lied, and he planned creepy shit. In his defense, he says he never knew love until he met her. And he can't believe that he ruined it with his plans for a book and follow podcast. This is killing him (laughs) him to say goodbye. Then don't, says Fizz. You made a mistake. You didn't chuck me away for a younger, more Eastern European model. Night. Phil with two L's drops one knee and with a ring that smells a blue circle, <laughs> he proposes. So Tyrone and Evelyn are heading back. I'm so
1: glad Fizz Fizz finally comes to her senses and says this was one mistake out of a relationship that has been pretty good. Name another mistake Phil has made.
0: <sighs> he, he didn't defend her. He wants her. to go out for dinner too often.
1: And he didn't defend her that one time when his mother was making cracks about her.
0: And oh, yeah, the whole he, mother thing. And then later oh, he did. I liked her. She was good.
1: Well, I I imagine we will see her at the wedding, <laughs> which will be fantastic.
0: Yeah. I, I think Fizzy's reaction to the whole stape stuff was... Overblown. Fairly overblown, yeah. yeah. Earlier on in the week... It, it did seem like this is what they were trying to do because you'd mentioned last week when we saw Phil in the in the garden talking to the to the other guy that it, maybe th- this wasn't such a nefarious activity after all. Maybe there right. was a, a reasonable explanation for it, and there was an explanation for it. I don't know if it was reasonable or not, but it right. wasn't that he was mucking about behind our back or whatever. Right? It yeah. was that. But it's the not whole, devious. But the whole way that it was played at the start seemed like this is serious and and this relationship is over and this is how Phil's going to go out of it. Yeah. That wasn't. Satisfactory no. at, at all. all. It was at all. a what, terrible way for Phil to go out. Are you sure this is it,
1: Phil? Right. Are you
0: sure this is what your secret is? Because this is terrible if this is how right. you of it.
1: And Fizz's reaction, like when she's talking to Sean and she says, Remember when I said what a great listener he was? Well, it's because all that time he was, you taking know, notes. listening and writing and taking notes. And I was like, wasn't. No, it just started last <laughs> week.
0: has been this since Wednesday.
1: Right. What is wrong with you?
0: So but then it seemed that they're playing it more for comedy and when they fell into the concrete and they started hosing each other down and sucking yeah. each other's dicks a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a tip. Just the tip. We're playing this for comedy <laughs> and erotica now, apparently. <laughs> so Tyrone and Evelyn are heading back home when Hope bursts out of the house announcing that Fizz is getting married and she and possibly Ruby are going to be <laughs> bridesmaids. Phil thanks Tyrone for all his help, which snaps Ty out of his days. He congratulates them and is left standing outside the house while everyone goes off to celebrate and no one mentions the repair costs of Phil's windshield.
1: No. I liked that when uh, Evelyn and Tyrone were in the rovers, that Cerberus was there as well.
0: Oh, I've so, just sitting on the seat. Yeah, mm-hmm. so dogs like are that. now
1: allowed in the rovers.
0: Yeah. And they're as allowed they to sit on the seat. Dogs should definitely be allowed in the Rovers
1: Yes Because it's called the Rovers
0: On Friday at the factory Fizz has shown off her engagement ring Surprising everyone That her on again, off again On again, off again Relationship with Phil Is on again Sean is particularly surprised At this 180 And privately Fizz tells him that Phil loves her And she loves him And Tyrone is the past And Phil is the future Yes, He's garlic bread Later she goes round to the garage to see Tyrone, who congratulates her again. She appreciates the help that Ty gave Phil finding the ring while the pair of them were naked and (laughs) and touching each other's genitals. (laughs) It's
1: almost (laughs) as if you really wanted to see that.
0: Fizz (laughs) because I think it probably did harm. Fizz announces that Hope wants to take Phil's last name to get rid of the stape once and for all, and Ty pretends that he's absolutely cool with this. Fresh start, Hope Whitaker, bloody hell. And back home, Tyrone unburdens himself on Evelyn. She points out that Fizz forgave Phil and maybe it's time for Tyrone to forgive himself. This is a price you pay for getting your whole with a Romanian fluzy. Now stop being hard on yourself. And she gives him some apple crumble to make him smile again. Yeah, that's sweet. And that's how we end that storyline.
1: I don't, I don't know how I feel about Hope taking Phil's name as opposed to Tyrone's name because Tyrone is her legal dad now. So oh, well, that's it, a kind of muddled
0: storyline, isn't it? Wouldn't,
1: but, wouldn't it be better for her to be a Dobbs?
0: Oh Fizz isn't a Dobbs.
1: Yeah, but Tyrone is, and Ruby is, isn't she? Isn't it Ruby Dobbs?
0: Ruby is a Dobbs. Yeah, but 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 Fizz isn't.
1: No, because they never got married. Remember?
0: Right. So I think it would be weird that the kid who isn't biologically yours has your last name, but. But her mother doesn't.
1: Well, no, because she's marrying Phil, so she'll be a Whitaker.
0: But no, there's too many last names in that house. No, I think it's fine.
1: No, well, it would. There would still be the same amount of last names in the house. No, actually, there'd be,
0: yeah, no, because there would. There'd be one. There'd be two Whitakers. There'd be three Whitakers,
1: and one Dobbs. And
0: probably Ruby would take. Would go that way as well. No,
1: Ruby wouldn't.
0: Ruby would do that in a flash,
1: because Ruby is biologically Tyrone's, but. Hope is legally Tyrone's.
0: I don't know that they adopted her. i was like that,
1: I think he did. He nah. must have because like there was all that talk about remember before when there was all that talk about how he she couldn't legally move away, you know, that he would he would go to the courts to make sure that he was able to have time with Ruby and Hope. I don't know. It just it feels like feels like another dagger in Tyrone's heart. And losing... Well,
0: that's how how Tyrone sees it. I I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that at all.
1: Well, I I see it. it.
0: It's moving from a a last name that isn't his to another last name that isn't his.
1: Right. But, you know. And Hope says to him, you're my dad.
0: Yeah. For all intents and purposes. But I don't think think it's it's legally.
1: Well, it just... Or biologically. It feels like the dagger to his heart about losing Fizz, he deserves... This kind of losing hope doesn't really feel deserved. I kind of i I would prefer for hope to take Tyrone's name. I don't know. It just I it think just, that would be weird. It just feels hurtful. It feels a little too
0: hurtful. I think it's just the act of it. I don't think it, it really.
1: I'm glad she's getting rid of Stape though. Yeah. Do you know there's speculation that that Jade is going to return and swoop in and oh, what
0: harmed her? Did she get the jail or did she just leave?
1: I think she got the jail, didn't she? Nothing. Or did she escape? No, no, I don't think she got the jail. Oh, she escaped, remember? Somehow she escaped. She was supposed to go to the jail, and she escaped. She's gonna come back and adopt hope. Anyway, that's let's, not gonna let's happen. Move on, then. Okay.
0: To our next storyline this morning, which is hormonal Fay On Wednesday, Craig is pestering Faye about pushing herself too much and telling her what to do about her menopause, saying she should go to gadas. Faye thanks him for mansplaining her symptoms. <laughs> And she doesn't want to go on the HRT. Thank you very much. Later at the factory, Faye tells Sally that there's no miracle cure other than HRT. So that'll be that for the rest of her life because she's gone to that meeting with regardless. I think she was looking to see if there was anything else she could go right, on yeah. instead of that. Her emotions are all over the place, she says. She's crying for no reason, Craig. Sally talks about her experiences, which were a bit worse because she couldn't take the HRT because she had the breast cancer. Correct. Faye realises that she really shouldn't be complaining to Sally about this. And Sally tells her that they need to stick together. Faye and Craig talk about this in the pub later And Sean, because he's a prick, overhears and assumes it's Beth that's going through the change And even when Craig insists that she isn't Sean won't be dissuaded because Beth sings along to Adele
1: Right, and it's horrible
0: Which is true On Friday, (laughs) Faye is reading every article on the internet about HRT And bites Craig's head off when he doesn't dive in on her uh, research on holistic treatments Faye's a a bit of a bitch to Craig she snaps up and bites his head off quite a bit.
1: Well, she is going through the menopause.
0: And Craig is an asshole. Later yeah, in the community just, garden... So he deserves it. Faye has bullied Craig into drinking licorice tea, which he hates. Beth comes along and recommends sticking to what the doctor says. Look what happened to my Sinead, she says. And she made Chesney help himself in the face with a brick after all. <laughs> Craig is appalled that Beth is saying what she's thinking what he's thinking so there must be some communication that we're not privy to because next we see is Beth going round to the young crew flat to apologise for having an opinion and she gives Faye a mug of the herbal tea that Beth's mum swore by when she was going through the change Faye manages (laughs) to stay pleasant enough to thank her and that's what happens there ASMR I don't think we're getting a Faye that I'm liking
1: well (laughs) we haven't had a Faye that we liked for a long time now let's remember Craig is right though licorice tea is disgusting it so just
0: sounds awful.
1: Yeah, because licorice is awful. Yeah. It's supposedly good for you, but it's 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 nasty. It's nasty. It's it's nice that Beth is helping, and Beth is absolutely right to bring up Sinead and you know, all of that stuff about mm-hmm. you know. I mean When it comes to doctors I I, I think I think it's right to, you know, maybe see if you can get a second opinion on things sometimes and and have more than one person look at things. But, you know, honestly, HRT is not that bad. It's made my life better. It, I think it seems it the idea is more scary than
0: yeah. you weren't taking it 20 year old
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the idea is more scary and the fact that she's going through menopause at such a young age is scary. But...
0: Yeah, I think she's still getting over the fact that she's been told that she can't have kids. Right. And that the one chance that she had for that, she kind of fucked up.
1: Right. Well, she feels like she fucked up, but honestly, she probably did the best thing oh, for absolutely. that
0: Oh, absolutely, yep. But as far as she's concerned, yeah, that's that was her one chance and... Right. And now she's she, being
1: uh, punished for it. Right. In her, in her point of view.
0: So there's that, and then there's a the whole hormonal part of it that is right, all yeah, playing havoc with her. So I, I can understand definitely that she's, uh, if she's not in the best frame of mood, maybe hanging about with Craig isn't a great idea. But, no. <laughs> but I because think that's where the storyline is really going. Because though, is at, that,
1: least, at least she can blame her horribleness on her hormones. And this kind of makes a lot of the stuff with Emma seem quite not so bad if she was going through all of this at that time as well and you know going through a hormonal change that she didn't understand Mm -hmm. so yeah but craig has no excuse he's just awful (laughs) it's like he wants to be supportive but he just he doesn't have the the emotional maturity to do so
0: no i'm sitting watching these these two together thinking they were going to have a family together. Right. Oh, fucking hell Thank really? God they
1: can't have a baby. Thank God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. And he's always thinking about a doctor. No, dearie me, the social are going to approve this as well.
1: But again, like, can you imagine Faye with Daniel or <laughs> no, no, or, no, no. or Craig with Daisy? <laughs> See? Daniel and Daisy, they're the only two that could be
0: together. But there's like millions of people in this show.
1: Yeah, but hardly any of them are young enough and single enough. We have Michael who is single. We have Nina who is single. No, Nina's not single. She's with Asha. I keep forgetting that because we don't get enough content of them being together.
0: No, never happens.
1: Never happens.
0: Our penultimate storyline this morning then is Sean's special (laughs) storyline. Uh, you know, oh a God, very here special
1: comes, Sean storyline here comes
0: a Sean storyline and you're thinking if it's not an exit storyline <laughs> it's going to be disappointing but I actually quite like this
1: right and then he also mentions another storyline that's coming up during the storyline did Ooh, you catch that?
0: I don't think I did mm. on Friday Sean is telling people who don't care and who don't like him about his latest dating disaster <laughs> he went out with a guy who supplies Richard Gear with hamsters <laughs> why can't he meet a Boom. nice guy asks this awful guy I know. Everybody knows it's not true Of course it's not true Have you seen the size of the hamster? <laughs> Have In you seen the these... size of Richard Gere's ass? In comes you mentioned anything about that? <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> In comes a nice guy who announces that he's such a Luddite that he swipes the wrong way and as such has been on hundreds of dates with fellas that he doesn't fancy. He's actually meeting one of those accidental swipes here in a minute, he says, and then relaxes because that's his setup explained. Mm-hmm. Sean has an idea how to get him out of it without, the, reason, without the guy asking.
1: And the reason why he, he doesn't think he's going to like this guy who's going to show up is because he has refurbished mannequins in his house. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you do, Ruby. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe read something in that, Helen. <laughs> so, when a nice guy's date arrives, they sit in a booth and talk about caffeine shampoo because of both of them are going a little bit bald. When Sean bursts out of nowhere and screams that the nice guy, Frank, has cockrot. Frank's date doesn't want his own bell end distinct of Rock Four and runs away. Belter says, Frank, thanks for everything, Sean. You're great at fucking up potential relationships. When Frank leaves, Jenny and Daisy point out to Sean that he and Frank seem to be getting on pretty well and maybe he's a nice hamster free guy that he was going on about.
1: Right, and maybe why on earth didn't you give him your number?
0: Sean is picky about the guy's dress sense and his age because he's on the wrong side of 50, <gasps> until Jenny reminds him of his own situation. <laughs> so Sean goes chasing after Frank, and after some toing and froing, Sean successfully asks Frank out. And Frank agrees.
1: Right, and he gives him his number on a coaster. On a
0: beer mat, yep. And that's as far as we get with that this week. So it looks like we're
1: Sean's going to have a relationship. Sitting,
0: up with uh, another we homosexual have man.
1: Yet another gay man on the street.
0: We've temporarily had another two. I know. And then the guy left. And one had
1: mannequins.
0: <laughs> it
1: was me. It was it was me in drag.
0: Yep. It was me yeah i kind of like this frank guy
1: i do too he seems really nice Mm -hmm. so he should be dating paul instead of sean (laughs) absolutely maybe that's where this is headed
0: oh maybe yeah there's got to be some kind of. maybe
1: frank will leave sean for like an actual decent human being on the street
0: i think uh i think paul's maybe a little bit too young for this frank guy Eh. has paul and, and sean ever had a conversation together
1: uh, Sean is involved in the conversation about how everybody is single in the bar at that moment. It's Sean and, and Paul and, and Michael and they Daisy. Do. They
0: do talk, yeah.
1: Yeah. What happened to James?
0: Well, he was gay. I'm not, not gay. gay.
1: Wait, did he, move with, did he move with his boyfriend to no. London?
0: No. Because
1: the boyfriend moved to London, right?
0: No, James was on it a couple of weeks ago. It's just he's so dull that you forget about it. He's the worst Bailey. I'm sorry, he has...
1: I think he's just not been given a chance to be the best Bailey. Oh, I
0: agree, but you can. Only he'll never be. What you're, he'll he'll
1: never be the best Bailey though, because we have that's Ronnie, Ronnie, and his arms.
0: And Ronnie is the superfluous Bailey. He was right. the one that was brought in last minute.
1: Right? Yeah. and is absolutely Arguably the doesn't, best doesn't Bailey. Count,
0: but he's the best one.
1: Do you think we'll ever get to meet Ed and Aggie's daughter? Do you think she'll
0: ever show up? I can't even remember what her name is, <laughs> and neither can you, obviously. Didi yes, Didi Didi Schneider, <laughs> T- the, the twisted sister. <laughs> oh, that works. that works rather well. <laughs> Surprised I never thought of that <laughs> until now. I was waiting to get rid of COVID before I made a twisted <laughs> sister joke. Apparently, well done, yeah. well done. Yeah, so uh, Sean needs something to to de Sean himself.
1: Mm-hmm. His son is coming back. That he he does mention that his son is coming back.
0: Yeah, we're, so that's the we're, next give, we're giving line. that another try, see if it sticks us down. Right. Oh well, our final storyline this morning is What's It All About Alfie? <sighs> on Wednesday, Abby goes round to Toya and Imran's, bearing gifts for Alfie and with a request to spend the whole day with him on her own. Imran is cautious, but remembering last week he decides to be a- accommodating, I guess. Yes. And is, decides to ask when. Next Monday. That's convenient. Sure. So Toya agrees, and so it's decided, and is made up, Later in Nina's roles, Bernie spots that Alfie has an enormous head. Imran and Toya chat about Abby, but Toya wants to build bridges. Then she gets a call from Lou, the social worker, who wants to meet with them to talk about Elsie. So they meet up back at the flat, Lou explaining that there's a fostering compatibility issue, and seeing that Imran and Toya are married now, and that thing from a month ago has been long forgotten, Lou wonders if they'd be up for adoption.
1: Great, so apparently Elsie is not settling in well with her foster family
0: right although we can't be bothered to dream up a reason why
1: well yeah she's pitching a fit because she misses she misses imran so much and do we blame her no
0: and toya imran and toya are over the moon about this imran saying that this is a second chance at a forever family with alfie later toya passes the garage and can't wait to explain to abby how they're going to wind up with all the children now Abby pretends to be excited, but tells Kev it's sickening how some folk have all the luck when it comes to collecting other people's kids.
1: Yes. Whereas then, she can't keep hers alive.
0: Then on Friday, it's time for Hard Debate.
1: Arguably your weakest Hard Debate ever. I, thought was I so blame fun. COVID.
0: Kevin is in tonight's quarry. What the chances that you'll exclaim, Abby! At some Abba! point. Abby! 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 Definitely. Probably. Unlikely or Nay chance. <laughs> Unlikely scored 0%. Yes, Nay chance scored 2.2%. Really? From one person who explained <laughs> that their vote was because rather than exclaim, exclaiming Abby, he'll exclaim Abby. Insinuating that I spell Abby wrong. Ah. Probably got 11.1%, which I think is people who don't get the joke. And mm. definitely 86.7%.
1: As is...
0: Ordained by the gods At the garage, Abby and Tyrone are sniping each other Both of them letting their storylines get the better of them Kev intervenes and takes Abby to one side Abby insists that she's fine But Kev looks really worried In the Rovers later, Kev and Tyrone are nursing their pints As they agree that they both still love their respective women Tyrone points out though that his chances with fizz are fucked now thanks to Phil And he encourages Kev to do something about Abby Before it's too late Kev is worried about what Jack thinks Remember Jack Mm-hmm. meanwhile in we're doom abby's picking up her false passport she's off to spins globe sticks finger on spinning globe costa, costa rica. rica
1: abby has also downloaded the duolingo app let's
0: <laughs> walk through that decision shall we
1: working on her spanish with me
0: costa rica <sighs> costa rica sure spain no france no
1: no costa rica is further away
0: algeria no Costa Rica
1: No one would suspect Costa Rica They would suspect some other part of Europe
0: (sighs) That she has a chance of getting to Right You got a visa for this Asks the shady bloke And it turns out that she does Even though she doesn't Oh, you need a visa for this Asks the shady bloke And it turns out that she does Even though she doesn't You don't need a visa to visit Costa Rica
1: Right, but she's planning on staying there, isn't she?
0: Yeah, well, she just needs to get in. I think getting into the places are first and foremost concerned. And right, then yes. once she does after that. Yes. But anyway, the Shady Block reckons that even though it's taken them best part of a week and a half to get two passports, she can get a Costa Rica visa in 24 hours. Why, why are these actual lines that people are saying? It's just Plot. so stupid. Kev goes home to speak to Jack and after a bunch of waffling about of what Jack thinks and putting his kid first he kind of fancies getting back with Abby and wonders if Jack would would kick off if he did Jack though has been missing Abby too so Kev takes this as a green light for boy wonder so Kev goes round to see Abby who immediately tries to hit him up for an advance in his wages blaming being behind on her rent Kev's in like Flynn and offers Abby to come home if the money's tight he and Jack miss her and he still loves her she thinks it's too late but he begs her to come back and so they winch somewhat passionately (laughs) as passionately
1: as one can winch kev's face.
0: but abby can't do this and asks kev to leave he gets angry about being shut out of whatever is going on in her life if she loves him they can make it work he goes off in a huff and storms off so abby has to admit that she's doing an international runner with alfie kidnapping says kev this takes the biscuit and he has no intention of letting do it So Abby says that she has no choice and if Kev really does love her, he'll support a decision. With every day that passes, she loses connections with Alfie. And every day, Alfie thinks that Toya is his mum and bonds with Toya. It's much better to steal Alfie away from a stable family unit and take him to a tropical island that she couldn't confidently identify on a map.
1: Or speak the language.
0: (laughs) Back home, Jack has grasped Kev up to Debbie, who wants to know the lie of the land. Kev is confused about what to do and explains Abby's plans to take Alfie abroad. Debbie doesn't seem to be totally appalled by the idea, but is surprised at Kev's intention to grasp Imran. She wants him to stop Abby for the right reasons, reckoning that he'd be doing it to keep her in Weatherfield more than anything to do with Alfie.
1: Right, because Debbie does not want Kev to get back together with Abby no. at all. So Abby being in a different country is exactly it's what
0: Debbie wants. It's okay with her, right. So Kev sucks a thoughtful tooth. So Kev nabs Imran on the street Urging him to come clean To confess about stitching Abby up with the drugs Imran isn't interested until Kev says that he's trying to warn Imran Oh go on then, says Imran And later we see Imran approach Abby at the tram station Saying that he had a very nice chat with Kev I don't know what you're talking about, says Abby, And he's lying Oh so you're not upset about Elsie? And confused, Abby laughs and says that she's not upset at all And Kev is trying to white knight her We're all good in the hood, says Abby, But Imran looks suspicious as fuck As he watches her leave so abby's packing when kev turns up with the the advance on her wages that she asked for and putting a little bit extra as well because he's such a good guy and he probably hasn't worked out that he's never going to see this getting repaid he doesn't want her to go but he would do the same thing if he was her he couldn't grass her up to imran because he loves her too much remember me fondly he says but don't grass me to the cops if you get lifted (laughs) which is such a weird thing to say (laughs) i know worries, says abby and she tells kev that she loves him too As he leaves, and that is how we end this week's episodes. Yes,
1: Abby. Toya seems to be wanting to give Abby all the time in the world to cuddle that baby, do skin on skin, just spend time with him, talk to him.
0: Yeah, Abby has no reason. Abby has
1: no reason to do this except, you know, it's it's Britain's Got Talent week next week. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and she doesn't want him. She doesn't want her son to be with Imran,
1: which is irrational because Imran is his dad. Yeah, and you know is 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 not an awful dad. He may not be the best partner, but he's not a bad dad. Everything we've seen of Imran with little children has been adorbs.
0: It's all he wants. Yeah, in life really, which
1: is hilarious because before. Before he got with Toya, and before they started fostering kids, it it didn't seem like it was something that he was interested in at all. Because mm. it didn't, you know, he and Sabine never had kids.
0: No, he's he's very much into that, and I'm finding it difficult to understand how people are Team Abby on this. I just I just don't get it because you're right; there is no reason for this uh, dramatic. Uh, Turn and and fleeing the, to go as far as fleeing the country, right? I mean, she's not other. she's not rescuing her son from any situation. She's right? Not, she's not. He's doing not anything. in danger. No, she's not doing anything that's.
1: And she, and every time she asks for time with him, it's given to her.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get that. Imran has, uh, has managed to get this. He's finagled this situation to his. Uh, to his benefit, mm-hmm. but I think that came from a genuine concern that that Abbey was not a safe place for his son to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like cops planting evidence on people that they insist are the perps. So oh yeah, it's, it's not, not a it's good, not, good look. It's not a
0: great look at all. No,
1: but, so it doesn't really matter that. It, you but know. I don't
0: think it's. But again, I don't think Alfie is in is in the danger. And that there's such an urgent danger that Abby needs to be taking this this drastic action right. for. And I think her explaining about, about the skin and skin thing is just her trying to justify it to herself.
1: Right. Because, again, you know, it seems like, you know, Toya is absolutely wanting to give her all the time in the world. And even Imran seems to be mellowing a little bit here. Mm-hmm. You know, and who knows how much of that is just a put on or not because he is quite snippy when she wants to put the clothes on him and he says well he's
0: still asleep it's Toya that's making the, the decisions here about this it's Toya that's saying this is fine yes. I, she, I, I guess she does kind of that look that at
1: Imran but when Imran's kind of hemming and hawing she's like no this is absolutely fine we need to do this you know the best thing for this kid is for us all to be involved and yes part of Toya's Wanting this is because she has just now realized what a bad look this is on her. Mm -hmm. You know, one would have hoped that she would have realized this before. Yeah. But what else? It just, it, I understand this is a soap opera. So emotions and logic, logic is out the door for for most of it
0: yeah, emotions and are elevated emotions are emotions.
1: elevated to 11
0: right.
1: you know i get that i just i just wish because this could be a really interesting and thought-provoking story about how families are made and how you know how difficult it is for parents who've had issues to not be able to be with their children of course we've already done that with abby with the twins mm. And remember, that was good and noble Abby until it was used against her. Yeah. You know, thats I think that's the thing that's the most ridiculous to me is that it just, Abby, for the longest time, she goes through these long stretches where she's calm and she's rational and she's the hero of every story. Mm -hmm. And then we go into these periods of time where she's the devil. And I don't like that. Mm. I'd, I'd like some more consistency with with her behavior and everything and if because it's just you can't have it both ways you can't have abby is the one that we hold up as this noble person who overcame but then whenever the plot demands it she's trash Mm -hmm. again it's it's just it's not fair and we don't do that with peter we don't want to do that with Peter anymore, you know. I mean, yes, he did hit a guy last week, but that guy deserved it. Well, <laughs> I would have hit that guy.
0: I kind of like that guy. <laughs> I liked his that's not because, giving a fuck. The subject that was kind of amusing, that I guess. But
1: he was a dick. Yeah,
0: fair enough. But no, the, and there's there's storylines here of, of kids who are. Genuinely in danger and genuinely been rescued from situations and mm-hmm. and stuff that that it, this isn't that storyline either and and yeah and, yeah, and <laughs> if it wasn't for Britain's Got Talent week next week probably none of this would be happening no so we're we're at the position where we've been in a in a, a number of occasions where we're we're in ups to to big weeks like our Christmas stuff that's been happening and the the Horror Nation Street from last October. and right. And we're building up to, to something that is probably going to be disappointing because <laughs> they, they move, they put so much, uh, they bet so much on this this week being the big week. But for right. me, it's always the week after the big week that's interesting, the week how right. people react to the, the, the situation when the dust has settled. Right. So it's our dust settling, then Imran's departure, Imran's death. I don't know. There's part of me that is still in denial about this and, and hoping not, but...
1: What do you think of Adam's hair?
0: Which, which head? Because it changes every time you see him. It's like Addy. Addy's hair changes every time you see him and, and so does Adam's.
1: Because they both have naturally curly hair and it's difficult to manage. He looks like a brush, though. He looks like a toilet brush.
0: Adam? Yes. We only see him very briefly. I don't really. I, right, but it's like all I,
1: shaved all around. So, like, it's just this bunch of curls just right at the top. You just want to flip him over and,
0: <laughs> well,
1: rub some rubbish oh, right that, right at the top of his head.
0: Right. Yeah, that's never off really bothered me. That's the side of the me. toilet. That's never bothered me that no, much. I, I like it. It's been better.
1: <laughs> I like, it. It's I like just,
0: it. I like his big buffoon.
1: I, I just think it's hilarious that every time we see him, his hair is different. And it's because it's just so difficult. Because I remember uh, on the Big Bang Theory, What's-His-Name said that, you know, the reason why his hair is always so flat in that, even though he has naturally curly hair, is that they couldn't get it, there was no consistency and continuity in filming because curly hair is so unruly. Ah, Anyway.
0: So, uh, I don't know. I I think what we know of the... uh,
1: We know we're going to be disappointed either way because... (laughs) We're already disappointed in this storyline.
0: And I really don't want... We don't want want Imran to leave. I don't don't want that to happen. I also don't want Abby to get Alfie. (laughs) I don't want... Because we keep on forgetting that she destroys things. This is what Abby does. Sooner or later, she destroys things.
1: Well, not everything.
0: Everything. There's nothing that she has that she hasn't destroyed.
1: Her relationship with Kev was not her fault r- destroying that and it's not destroyed and she didn't make that kid lose his leg that happened before her
0: yeah well she's not responsible for World War II either but the <laughs> things that she is responsible for she she tends to destroy
1: she, right but I hate that I hate that and she's not responsible for Seb's death either she has no she's respons-
0: responsible with the relationship that she had with Seb though and she, she did her damnedest to destroy that
1: Right, but they were coming back together and they'd forgiven one another and they were rebuilding their relationship at the time of his death. I, uh, don't, I don't think it's true that everything Abby touches destroys. I think Abby believes that. I don't, think, I don't think she should get Alfie out of doing bad things, obviously. I don't want her to do bad things. I want her to develop a relationship and co-parent peacefully with Imran and Toya You know, the way that it seems like finally Phil and Fizz and Tyrone are doing, you know, it's not impossible to do this on the street. Practically every single family on the street is Mm. a blended family. It's not above the realms of possibility. It's just that, you know, they've once again made Abby a crazy person. And forgotten that she has saved people's lives and kicked in doors and scaled walls, and and is secretly a superhero.
0: And was responsible for World War Two. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Anyway, that was the week that was Condition Street. What was your moment of the week?
1: Oh come on, it's it's naked, but it's naked concrete wrestling, isn't it? <laughs>
0: is it the wrestling or is it the hosing
1: it's it's all of it it's the whole thing it's the wrestling and then it's the stripping and then it's the hosing
0: what's the the image that has been accompanying the moment of the week declaration <laughs> on twitter that's basically what i'm asking you
1: hmm. it's got to be the hosing
0: <laughs> there we go. It's the it's, it's,
1: it's got to be you know we've got to include the nudity
0: that is our moment of the moment week. week i, don't I agree remember. with that as well yeah, absolutely I was I was
1: <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Yeah. I loved it so much. And I love that they have this great relationship both on and off the screen.
0: That feels like it should be Fizz as surplus to requirements here. Right. That's all. Yes.
1: Well, see, and that could happen with Abby and Tyrone and Imran. Imran could become superfluous and we could have a scene where Toya and Abby are the one wrestling in in concrete. Give something for the Give something for the lads. One for Since the dads.
0: One for the dads there. Something for the ladies this week. <laughs> and your boring moment of the week.
1: Um, Amy and Summer discussing Birdsong.
0: I feel like it is Summer. Oh, is it just Summer going on about Oxford again?
1: Or is it Nikki ironing Daniel's shorts and complaining about how Paul leaves the toilet seat up.
0: Did she even do that? I think that was Daniel's joke, wasn't it?
1: No, but she she does say this to Daniel when she's packing up and leaving. That the reason why she's leaving is because they're men and they're messy. She doesn't go into as much detail as Daniel does. But no, it's birdsong. Come on, it's birdsong. What a boring book for them to choose for an exam question.
0: No, it's boring. And so therefore it is our boring moment of the week.
1: Like why are they doing an exam on birdsong? You always
0: get stuck with a boring book. Always. Although I got Great Gatsby, which I really enjoyed. Ugh, what a boring book. That's a great book. Anyway, if you have any thoughts on birdsong or The Great Gatsby... Keep them to yourself. For <laughs> anything else, you can get us on TheTalkOfTheStreet of the at gmail.com and we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to kofi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash the talk the street. Check out the clicky-clicky section of bogle.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. And we will be Thank back you. next week with more
1: I'll talk, on the street.
0: The talk of the
1: Street. Bye. Cheerio.